0: You're listening to the Mental Health Download podcast from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Whitney Cipolla, the association's advocacy specialist. On this episode, I'll interview Republican Representative Josh West from Grove, Oklahoma, who represents House District Five, and Democratic Senator Julia Kurt from Oklahoma City, who represents Senate District Thirty, about why legislators launched a bipartisan mental health caucus to address our state's ongoing crisis. It is my great honor to welcome the co-chairs of the new Mental Health Caucus. Good morning, Senator Kurt and Representative West.
1: Good Good morning. Thanks for having us.
0: Before we get to the interview, I want to give you a bit of background about the Mental Health Caucus. 28 members of the Oklahoma Legislature announced in January the formation of a bipartisan, bicameral legislative caucus to serve as a forum for legislators to discuss bipartisan solutions to the state's ongoing mental health and addiction crisis. The caucus will convene monthly during legislative session to stay informed on key mental health issues and discuss ideas for improving care and systems in Oklahoma. Caucus membership is open to any interested legislators. A full list of mental health caucus members is in the show notes. So I'm going to ask you both the same first question and I'll start with you Representative West. Can you please tell us what led you to become a mental health advocate and how you see matters related to mental health reflected in your district?
1: So I I would say that there's multiple reasons. Number one, you know, my wife's a therapist, my wife's an LPC. And so I I, I live with it. It's a conversation at our dinner table that happens every night, not just funding, but different resources available, especially to rural Oklahoma. And so that was part of my platform when I ran for office back in 2015 was you know, kind of doing away with that stigma that's always been associated with mental health. It's always, I'm I'm a military person. My wife is a military person. And in the past, it was always looked at as a weakness. You know, when you go seek help, you know, you're in the military, you know, we called it going to see the wizard. And so as I got older and, and kind of experienced some issues with myself in 2003, I was, I say older, I was still young. I was in my, my mid-20s and was deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. We got shot in Iraq in and, and, and October 16, 2003. I was in a big firefight in Karbala and, and lost some troops, Was shot up myself. And so, man, I went through several years of just crap. There's no, no good way to put it. And so I had to reach out myself and, and get help. And so that so coming in, that was part of my my platform, and I've tried to do everything I can over the last five years to to do it, that stigma and, and promote mental health as, as not being some kind of voodoo, per se. So always glad to help in any way I can with, with um, promoting mental health.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think you sharing your story is going to help reduce a lot of that stigma, especially for folks who have been in the military and who are veterans. Now, Senator Kurt, similarly, what led you to become a mental health advocate and how are mental health issues related to the people and situations back in your district?
2: Yeah, thanks for that. Actually, Representative West is throwing me back. So my father was in the military and he passed away when I was really young. My family was real proactive about seeking mental health treatment and services throughout that time. So I, as a little one, had some really good opportunities to learn through grief. And that was really formative for who I am today and, and the way that I was able to cope and how resilient I saw my mother being with the help that she received. And she was very open about that. So I mean, definitely my roots are there, but I really ran for office as a public school parent. Um, what I was concerned about was equity in our schools and opportunities for all kids in Oklahoma, and certainly mental health and substance use disorders were a theme throughout some of the challenges that kids and their families were facing. And so when I look at every state challenge, I feel like, you know, there couldn't be a more important issue To move forward in all areas then improve our systems and improve access to mental health treatment so i heard it on the doorsteps you know i knocked on doors for a year and a half and so many families needing help and not able to access help adult children at home and the parents not knowing what to do young people not finding help and you know being kicked out of school it was such a theme throughout the whole year and a half to talk to people about what they needed It spurred me. I was really thrilled that Representative West and others were wanting to start this caucus and just proud to get to help kick it off.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think the issues that we're seeing in mental health are new. They definitely have been happening, but we're seeing a lot of these issues exacerbated by the pandemic with COVID-19. So just to give our listeners some context, one in five Oklahomans had a mental health condition prior to COVID-19. Now it's estimated that 40% of Oklahomans are experiencing anxiety and depression. The CDC has also reported that Oklahoma opioid overdoses have increased by more than 50% in the last 12 months. Due to an increase in the trauma associated with adverse childhood experiences, the risk of childhood mental health conditions also has elevated. An untreated mental illness and addiction leads to increasing costs for government and the private sector, less economic growth, and poor educational and health outcomes. Nearly 60% of Oklahomans in need of treatment last year did not receive it, according to Mental Health America. We see this huge need and then the pandemic hits, so this mental health caucus seems even more timely. We are in session right now, so I'll kick it to Representative West. What bills are being proposed and which bills should our advocates keep an eye on to address these mental health concerns?
1: Our next uh, Mental Health Caucus meeting, we're actually going to go through legislation. Myself, there's a bill that I've been working on for the last uh, three years now. This is actually my fourth year. I started on it in 2018, and it was dealing with first responders. You know, right now, first responders, your police officers, firefighter, EMTs, they cannot get workers comp for a mental injury unless they have a a physical injury to go along with it. The first time I ran that legislation on that was in 2019. Passed the House, got held up in the Senate. I guess it was 18. We got held up in the Senate 19. We came back that next year and started working with. You know, there was there was some pushback from groups like OML and the state chamber. They were worried that the costs associated with it. And so we started just meeting with those different groups. We started meeting with the different firefighters and the, and the FOP groups and the police officers and the groups that represented the EMT side. And we were really close last year to getting coming to an agreement, you know, in March when COVID hit. I think that bill this year is renamed. I think it's uh, House Bill 2277. And so that would allow a, for a mental injury, will qualify for a workers' comp with our first responders. So that's my personal legislation we're working on. And, and when we come together at this next caucus, uh, mental health caucus, we'll talk about the different legislation. And we may not come to consensus. I mean, this is bicameral, bipartisan, you know, everybody at the table. And that's the good thing about it is we can disagree and still have a great caucus. I mean, Republicans and Democrats, we don't think alike, we don't vote alike, but when we can come together, we we do things like this. And so that's the great thing about the caucus. It was you know, Julie and I, early on, we talked about you know, the purpose of it. We want to use it as a resource. We're going to start having the different especially your your community-based mental health providers come in and talk about kind of some things that they're doing in their communities. And just had our first meeting a couple weeks ago, so we'll we'll give better every month that we do this.
0: Fantastic. Senator Kurt, which bills are you keeping an eye on?
2: Short term, I think our biggest issue is retaining some of the opportunities that have happened through the pandemic for telehealth um, the ability to access telehealth requiring insurance to cover behavioral health through telehealth. And we have to make sure people have that access. And, and there's really good reports from providers about how that's helping people get treatment that they need. We'll continue to work on parity, making sure that our insurance companies are not treating mental and brain health differently than the rest of our health and that they are covering appropriately. And that's going to be ongoing. You know, we've passed legislation in the past, but making sure that's implemented right and followed up with, you know, we have to hear from people in the field that are dealing with challenges. The other big thing we've already heard is about transport. You know, we hear again and again from law enforcement, especially in the rural areas, Representative West would know more about this, but... You know, if police are the ones transporting someone who's in a mental health crisis, that's just not ideal for anyone. And so how do we make sure we have crisis services available and can get folks once they've been assessed to the treatment they need? Law enforcement, you know, they're spending a lot of time. So it's been a, a challenge to figure out what the right system is. But I know the the agency, the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Use, has really been working hard to come up with a system that's going to help us going forward. The other thing, just real practical item that Healthy Minds policy initiatives really helped with is how do we bring together resources of the state? So just a better accounting of which agencies are spending money specifically on mental health or substance use disorder in education, in the health department, in the um, different agencies so that we can have an understanding of which agencies are doing what. As we add more resources, we want to make sure they're applied well to the needs of Oklahomans. So those are the biggest issues I'm watching. The other big thing is going to be the expansion of Medicaid since the people voted last summer on the state question. Medicaid is being expanded starting July 1. So more people should have access to mental health treatment. We have to make sure that's implemented well. I'm very concerned about making sure there's good coverage for behavioral mental health issues and that people aren't you know, waiting a long time to get the services they need because it's an opportunity for people who might not have been insured to get treatment. And we want to make sure they can access it.
0: Absolutely. Medicaid expansion, I think, is going to be a real game changer. So I'm excited for more people to get coverage and get the treatment they need. So the overall theme for our podcast this season is cultivating healthy minds. So I'm going to ask you the same question. What advice or tips would you share with mental health advocates to make the most impact with their advocacy this session? And I'll go to Senator Kurt first this time.
2: Well, I'll just start with don't feel like you have to cover everything or that you have to know the whole system to speak up. When I was an advocate, I used to feel like I had to speak for the whole state that I had to understand the whole state budget to advocate for resources, but that's not your job as an advocate. You know, that's your association's job that you as an advocate can speak up for your story, your experience, and the legislature has to set the priorities, but you can just talk to your representative, your Senator about your story, your experience with insurance, your experience with treatment, your challenges, your family's challenges, and that is going to be meaningful to them to understand how these decisions are impacting individuals. So my, my big thing is to not be a perfectionist. Start now and don't stop.
0: Yeah, I love that. You don't have to change the world to do impactful and good work. So thanks for that tidbit. Representative West, what would you say to advocates who want to get involved, especially in the realm of mental health?
1: I would definitely agree with Senator Kurd, and I would absolutely tell people that wanted to advocate for whatever it can be mental health, it can be whatever. But get to know your representatives and your and your senators. I would say that there is a difference between being an an advocate and being an activist. You know, we deal with activists on, on no matter what piece of legislation you're dealing with. There's somebody that hates it. And so you can be an advocate without being an activist. Activists tend to, you know, the moment that as a representative or senator that we disagree with them, then they blackball you. You're a terrible person. That's my experience in the last five years. Most representative senators have their personal cell phones out there if you could call them anytime you want. But get to know them and participate with groups like Healthy Minds, different groups that can advocate and on your behalf as well. As a representative and senator, I think Julia can attest to this, that we are oftentimes expected to be subject matter experts in everything that goes on into the state. Now, that's impossible. And so the good thing is that we have resources available to us, either through members or through the resources available at the, at the Capitol with the, uh, the staff. if if I were an advocate for mental health, I would use those groups to be a resource for me as well to get the word out. So definitely need to have relationships. And and we're not always going to agree on everything. And that's fine. So people need to realize just because I don't agree with Senator Kurt, or I don't agree with a certain group, that doesn't mean that we hate each other. It means we have a a functioning state government in Oklahoma. And that's the good thing about it. I think oftentimes people get their politics, their views out of Washington, DC. And And Republicans hate Democrats and Democrats hate Republicans. Well, it's not that way in Oklahoma City. I mean, at the state capitol, we obviously have our disagreements, but we also have a functioning state government. I think most of all is because they can print money at the federal level. We can't. We're constitutionally mandated to balance the budget. And so it forces us to sit down and have tough conversations. And it, it all typically goes back to funding. And so that would be my my advice.
0: Yeah, I think you highlight a very important point. We're living in what seems to be very hyper-partisan times. But what I've really found is that mental health touches everybody in some way, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You have experienced it or someone you know has experienced it. So in the advocacy space, we like to say no permanent enemies, no permanent friends. So I would just encourage our advocates listening don't feel intimidated, especially if your representative is on the other side of the political aisle. They're still there to represent you. And there's actually a lot of common ground when it comes to mental health. I want to thank both of you so much for taking the time to chat with us. And then as we come to the end of the show, it's tradition here on the Mental Health Download for our guests to close us out with a bit of parting wisdom for the audience. So one last message or call to action to leave our listeners with.
2: Senator Kurt, we'll start with you. I mean, that's an intimidating prompt, but I'm just going to say, you know, as you probably know, change takes time and you can hold us accountable. I see the potential in our state. I love our state already. I love our people, but I also see the potential. And it doesn't have to be this way. If there's something that is hindering you, hindering many people, it doesn't have to be this way. And we truly can change it. And I encourage you to speak up and be be an advocate yourself and and bring others along because we truly can make the state what it should be. Thank you.
0: Representative West, any last parting wisdom?
1: Well, definitely kind of what we've talked about all along. We, we are a representative former government. It's it's important to have relationships with your House members and your Senate members on the other side if you're someone that's in mental health crisis don't hesitate to reach out to somebody and ask for help i talk about it all the time i i would rather be called weak and still have you know my friend here with me didn't kill himself whatever the stigmas associated with it we can do away with that but call me what you will. I want those people to reach out to me. If I can personally help anybody, my number is 405-557-7415. Get a lot of calls from especially veterans throughout the state. And, and I, I've, I've talked to many, many over the last five years. And, but you got to reach out and ask for help. And, and there's no weakness in asking for help. It's, it's, I get more pissed off when people commit suicide instead of reaching out to friends and family and that can help.
0: Thank you both again for being here. This mental health caucus, I truly believe it's going to save lives. So thank you. And before we end, I just want to encourage everyone to please sign up for the Mental Health Association Oklahoma's advocacy alerts by visiting mhaok.org slash advocate. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also encourage you to join the association's advocacy Facebook group called Oklahomans for Mental Health. All those links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening and be well friends.